Well, welcome back to Tales of the Resistance, podcast about antimicrobial resistance, and how it affects our daily lives. I'm Mara Zelt, um, one of your regular hosts and the project manager with the I Am Responsible team. And I'm joined today, as always, by the lovely Amber Patterson. Well, thank you. Hi, I'm Amber Patterson. I'm the multimedia graphics designer for the Schmidt Lab and the I Am Responsible team. And you are wonderful at it. Appreciate it very much. Uh, today on the podcast, uh, we are continuing our series on the book uh, from uh, Quarantine Life from Cholera to COVID-19 by Dr. Kari Nixon. And now we are going to move on with chapter nine, The Great Social Leveler, How STDs Called Privileges Bluff, and how the new corona and how the new coronavirus will call call ours too. And I think I think the chapter is maybe a little bit uh, the discussion of STDs is a little bit limiting because she also talks about tuberculosis pretty extensively in this chapter. But basically she's talking about how mostly syphilis and HIV and tuberculosis, what the unique nature of those disease, those diseases, how we learned about them, how they are transmitted, and how they affect uh, the body. She uses them to illustrate three lessons. Number one, not obvious plague is not obvious. Number two, what's in a name, everything. And number three, disease language affects disease spread. So uh, let's kick off with the first lesson. Now, this is the lesson um, where she, you know, goes in pretty extensively on tuberculosis. So the, the chapter or the section is called Not Obvious Plague is Not Obvious. And so this section uh, discusses how long germinating diseases like tuberculosis or some of these sexually transmitted diseases where it is unclear because there are not visible markings for the disease or there is not a linear, obvious linear connection between contacts. And this will basically mean that people are not automatically realizing that what you have, that you have something that is contagious and that's kind of in the lessons from tuberculosis is it's even though um, microbiology was advanced enough to identify tuberculosis, it was not clear for a long time that it was actually contagious moving from person to person. And the not obvious plague is not obvious. I, I think that kind of could also translate to a very complicated or not complicated, well, yeah, complex science principle is going to be hard for the general public to understand. It made me think of AMR and that it's not the easiest thing to, to quickly understand and what that will mean when, when it has to be something that everyone's aware of in communicating what it is and how it functions. We're still spending most of our time in our communications, the first thing we have to do always is teach people what antimicrobial resistance is. And that kind of complexity makes it harder for 
to move forward with what are the behavioral actions we can take to mitigate it. Yeah. And it's not actually a point that I had thought of. So I'm glad you, you brought that up. Like you said, uh, it's complex and any, anytime it's complex, it's so easy to misunderstand. And so, um, that's something we're facing with antimicrobial resistance because it's not a disease. It's, you know, a function mm-hmm. of any disease and, or could be. So, um, you know, anytime you're adding that extra layer of complexity, you risk basically somebody losing the thread entirely. And, um, and then the repercussions for behavior, uh, that that will that will result are, are what this section is about um which can be quite harmful and destructive right. yeah. and then i think that brings us into the second section which is um what's in a name everything um and this is all about basically um because we call things sexually transmitted diseases it it adds a level of taboo to mm-hmm. things like HIV and syphilis that ought not to be there because of course like any other disease it's not like the bacteria uh, or the virus choose uh, the mode of infection you know they can they can transmit through um, sexual fluid but blood as well and so you know the fact that it was identified early within uh gay communities then it and there was a taboo around the social group then it sort of it has these repercussions in terms of how we discuss it even though as she says in the book most people actually get it through a blood infection um, who have it. Um, and so, of course, there are, are the, the repercussions in how we talk about it and how we talk about people who have it, but also in how we're trying to address it in mm-hmm. terms of our, because it, it impacts our understanding and our research related to that disease. Right. I mean, I think as a society, we're always looking to stigmatize that sounds pretty negative, but um, we always want it to be other when we're talking about illness. Like it's, it's so we can maintain that denial, I think. And so the parallel I drew is that I think once people do begin to understand antimicrobial resistance, and it's something that everyone becomes aware of, um, you know, I could see it easily and not so much a stigma, but easily being thinking, okay, well, this is something that people who are sick a lot and take a lot of antibiotics will get, or, you know, whatever you can do to, to put yourself on the, the other side of it so that it's not about you and, and that denial is still plausible. That's very well said. I will have to think about that one more because, um, yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. And I think I definitely do that. (laughs) I definitely think of, oh, well, you know, I've learned about food safety and about um, 
cleaning, making sure that I take care of wounds or whatever. And all of my behavioral changes, pat myself on the back. It won't happen to me, but of course it could, you know, um, can affect anyone at any time, pretty much. We're just trying to reduce our risk. We cannot eliminate it. Mm. Lesson from the book. Right. Good point. (laughs) Okay. So the last section in this book is called disease language affects disease spread. And I, I think some of this um, is a little bit overlapping with the previous section. So I may have mixed the two things up, but the, the thing, one of the main things that I took away from this section is she's talking about how the sort of, again, with, with the presence of these taboos, the attitudes towards social subgroups and the divisions that are created um, because of these sort of othering, because of, the, uh, because of those taboos, is sort of in itself uh the problem of basically i think she says in the book something like our infighting helps disease spread Mm -hmm. because um you know we by othering by we're like you said it can't happen to us so we didn't address it correctly you know and I think she has an example in here about uh, uh, what was it, a 2020 ad for um, an antiviral for HIV, and uh, it had only been researched for uh, cisgender men and trans women, um, as though HIV could only affect them. Uh, oh, it, this, this discovery has not been studied in people assigned female at birth. So, you know, because we had this framework for what HIV was, a disease of the gay community, then we didn't research how to, you know, how to address it in any other community. And that means that it's going to spread more readily in other communities because we're not, we're defeating ourselves with our social prejudice in this case. Yes, that was very well said. And that kind of leads us into chapter 10 when she talks about Ebola. and Yeah, we have that coming up. Um, chapter 10 will all be about um, basically, <laughs> basically how the othering again, but now at a, on a global scale and what is the impact of how disease will spread. So we have that to look forward to for next time. And then the, the, uh, we'll do that and the conclusion, and uh, that will be the end of our discussions. And then we're, we're looking to schedule Dr. Nixon for an upcoming uh, podcast as well. So we'll hope we'll have all of those things coming to your earbuds very soon. That'll be very exciting to have Dr. Nixon on the show. I hope so. I hope so. I hope we're not just like reiterating all of her points at her and being like, <laughs> you know yeah I wrote that I know I wrote that uh, <laughs> which is kind of what we do in this podcast you know we're making it easy for our listeners who may not have read the book to kind of join in the discussion and, and get some 
thoughts about how to deal with antimicrobial resistance, um, but <laughs> well, let's just say uh, I don't know that we're coming up with a whole bunch of new <laughs> new <laughs> thoughts besides what Dr. Nixon uh, put in her book. They're new thoughts to us. So They're new thoughts to us. We are we're shifting our framework, shifting our worldview through uh, a digestion of what she's saying in this book. And you're the listener getting a front row seat to that. So I know that it is a thrilling and entertaining. <laughs> uh, what an entertainment. Uh, what a privilege, in fact. <laughs> well, I, of course, are being sarcastic, but we do appreciate so much uh, the listeners who are out there and who have followed with this discussion so far. And we're looking forward to coming back again soon with more uh, coming to the end of this book. So we'll look forward to that and we'll talk to everyone again uh, very soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Mara. Okay, so I wrote down uh, not to commodify biological life, which I talked about that. Um, and then the other point, I cannot read my own writing. So we'll move on from there. Sounds good. <laughs>